Hello, welcome to the Fiduciary Talk podcast brought to you by FI360. My name is Ben Aiken, and we are recording live from Insights 2016 in San Diego. I'm here with uh, Gary Sutherland, CEO of Naplia, and Paul Smith, SVP at Naplia. Uh, they are two of our presenters here at the conference, and their session is uh, What You Need to Know About Cybersecurity. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Yeah, yeah. appreciate uh, it. So just tell us a little bit about the topic you are doing today. Sure. So uh, our presentation was really three parts. We had one part talking about some claims that we've seen with advisors and cyber. And then we had Brian Edelman who talked a little bit about, or actually more than a little, a lot, uh, in regards to what you need to do to protect your data. Um, and uh, then Paul followed up with um, really what cyber insurance is all about. And um, so I'm going to start a little bit. I'm just going to tell you a quick little war story of an actual claim that we've had, which I find uh, interesting. So our advisor uh, had a hard week on a Friday, went home, took the train, uh, inadvertently left her laptop on the train. She got home, she realized it, she called the train station. Thank God they found the laptop and it would be in lost and found. She could come the next day and pick it up. So at that morning, she shows up at the train station to get her laptop, and there's no laptop. So somewhere over the night, someone had stolen it. Now, um, she had taken some steps to protect the data. She had an encrypted laptop, but she didn't have a third party verify the encryption, so she had no ability to prove that was an encryption, which is an important component of a cyber loss. So at that point, after reporting it to three different state agencies, Massachusetts, uh, Connecticut, and Rhode Island, Massachusetts took lead, that's where her office was, and they required her to send notification out of potential breach of personal data. Um, since she couldn't tell on her laptop what data she had, um, they had to actually send a letter to everyone in her database, which was 4,000 letters. Some of these people, uh, they had to go all the way back for seven years. Um, so for the next year or so, she's been battling this. It's cost her $180,000 to date. Uh, fortunately, her insurance did cover it, so we've been able to help her there. But imagine sending out 4,000 letters to clients saying that um, their data may be breached. She's lost clients from it. Um, she's uh, lost a lot of time. She's had to refocus away from her advisory practice to one of um, cyber protection. So she's learned a lot. In her handbag were three thumb drives um, that were non-encrypted um, with, she thinks, some personal information on it. Uh, also in her laptop bag was her password and logon to her laptop because she doesn't able to remember them. So it was a lot of information in her laptop. We don't believe there was any data compromise or any data breach, um, but that's not really important to the um, state regulatory agencies. They're more concerned about um, what she needed to do. So um, there are some things that she could have done to protect her. Um, one, she could have had a third-party cyber person verify that her laptop was encrypted. She needs to maintain what record she has on her laptop. Um, the thumb drive should be thumb-imprinted, um, secured, encrypted thumb drives. Um, she should avoid keeping any kind of personal information on her laptop to start with. Um, leave that information in the clouds. Um, utilize the cloud information on her laptop. Um, really, it's nothing more than uh, an ability to log on as opposed to actually keeping physical records. So it's been a, a long lesson for her, um, and, uh, but it's a good lesson to, to know. Um, for advisors. Um, now, there is uh, software that they can buy, which is a tracking device. 
um, which will locate where the laptop is. In addition, and probably the most important function is, is that you can do a data wipe remotely. So you can send a signal that's in the BIOS of the laptop, which will completely erase all that information. Um, and so now when you write a letter to your client, you can say, my laptop stolen or lost. Um, we had data wipe. There's been, uh, all the data has been wiped out. And so there's no uh, ability for your data to be um, exposed or breached. And that's a significantly different letter than one that she had to write, which is, um, unfortunately, I don't know if your data was compromised and uh, we'll offer you credit monitoring and call 1-800-HELP-ME. Um, and that's why she lost clients. If she did the second letter, which is, um, you know, uh, much more important uh, that says these are all the steps I did to detect your, protect your data. And then I would just add the last piece would be your IT support people aren't cyber experts and don't consider that they are. Your IT support people may be uh, good people and they may do a lot for you including virus protection but at the end of the day you really want a third party cyber expert to review their systems. They can monitor it from a 50,000 foot view um, on a dashboard so they can see what's happening and protect you. Um, and they'll work with your IT support people. We're not uh, advocating that you eliminate them. We're just saying you need to have that additional resources. Um, the Sandler Group said that 60% of all small businesses would most likely go out of business with a significant cyber breach. Their small business, what they define as small business, is under 250 employees. So um, I would consider those larger businesses, but um, nevertheless, 60% are determined would, would actually go out of business. And we talked a little bit about the R.T. Jones Advisory Group, um, which did go out of business. Um, it was determined by four independent cyber experts that there was no breach, but because they didn't follow a prudent process, um, they were fined 75000 by the SEC, and they had over 100,000 records that they had to identify and send out notices to. Um, R.T. Jones is no longer in business. I'll turn it over to Paul. Alrighty, well, well, thanks, Gary. Um, you know, um, I think just to finish up on our client's story, that the saga, the, she is now um, the expense for that breach, uh, that laptop left on the train, is up to $180,000 and uh, is not completely settled. And I think it leads to a, a very important distinction in the cyber insurance space between first-party coverage, which is uh, when the insurance company jumps in and, uh, and befriends you early in the stage before there are any claims, and, uh, and helps you with the details and the responding appropriately to the various state statutes and regulations. So uh, this in itself, as you can see from Gary's example, is, uh, can be extremely expensive. And this is, uh, unlike most uh, professional liability insurances, requires no claim. This is an immediate response, breach response, by the carrier, and you know this is the coverage that uh, is not particularly expensive. Should be included in any cyber uh, insurance policy, and you just need to be sure that you uh, you know have all of the appropriate coverages. But most important, or as important, is that early stage help in uh, in responding properly. And uh, you know we do, we contrast that with a third party claim. Now, if if the uh, 
if this information, our client's information, had actually gotten out and uh, clients had been harmed by that, then we would see, as a result, typically third-party claims where they're suing her for damages. And, of course, again, uh, you need to be sure that your policy covers that as well. It likely would, but, uh, again, wanting experts in this area to be sure that, uh, you know, coverage is flexible and uh, at the same time broad. So you have first and third party coverages. And, I mean, I, when I, uh, I recently uh, spoke to a group of RIAs and uh, TPAs, and, and, and really my, my message was that they're probably out of a you know hundred people in the room, or every hundred people uh, there, uh, there weren't a handful who could stay in business if they had a breach of their their data, uh, especially in the TPA community where there's so much data. And uh, coverage in this area is again not expensive. We can uh, find very good carriers, A plus carriers to uh, write first and third-party coverage uh, with a million dollars available in limits for, you know, roughly, let's just say, $1,000. Uh, TPAs might be a little bit more, and broker-dealers might be a little bit more than RIAs and uh, TPAs. But at the end of the day, this is um, easy, easy for me, of course, to spend your money, but $1,000 uh, is most likely uh, uh, workable for you. Hopefully it's workable for you, and uh, it'll... This may be, uh, as the FBI director says, uh, you know, this is the risk that keeps him up at night. And um, some folks like to say, you know, it isn't about uh, if you'll be breached, it's when. And uh, so, you know, this is ongoing. We have, we, we have breaches of, of our clients' data or what is sometimes you may hear referred to as wire fraud uh, claims where you know, uh, people are asking for monies to be transferred uh, via wires and um, small amounts, not small amounts, but 50,000, 100,000. We're seeing these, uh, these fraudulent uh, wire transfer requests, on, again, on a weekly basis. And uh, that's tricky coverage. Uh, we, we do have coverage available for it. Sometimes it's what's called sublimited, sometimes it's not, but uh, it is available. And, um, you know, the likelihood you, you may be subject to that is, is, is not low. And so as a consequence, the, the, uh, the coverage is uh, really, I, I think, uh, critical at this time. So I'll just follow up with some additional resources um, on our website at napoli.com. We have a 20-page booklet for advisors specifically written by an attorney who's a cyber attorney, Eric Hess, and it uh, walks you through 20 things that you should do to protect your office. Um, it's written at an eighth grade level. I think you might laugh at that, but that's deliberate because um, cyber experts tend to be uh, over our heads. And this is written in a way that you can understand it. It's based on a 20-question cyber application so that it asks you to answer. And then what we do is we tell you why you want to answer that way. So when it, say, comes to passwords, um, it'll ask you, do you change your passwords uh, every two weeks, every month, every three months, six months, nine months? Uh, and there's uh, reasons why you should change them more often. Um, password is certainly one of the major protections. In addition to that, we have a specific piece that we call plaguing investment advisors for these fraudulent wire transfers that Paul spoke about. So we appreciate your time today. We had a great time in FI360. Thank you. Gary and Paul, thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you.